0: Uh, I just want to welcome you to this new channel, this new series of podcasts, uh, The Financial Wrap. I'm really excited about it, and I'm happy you're here to join me. On this first episode, I'm just going to take you through my first weekly wrap. Today is Saturday, July 9th, 2022, so I'll be uh, wrapping the previous week with some articles. Um, We'll take a look at some charts, and I'll I'll just share some thoughts, and I'll do this um, on every weekend, and i uh, just take you through some of what i'm thinking about the economy the markets just some thoughts on finance in general uh be sure to subscribe on youtube be sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts um this channel and this series of podcasts will only be um these these weekly wraps i'm going to start some special series as well um I want to do some on just some educational topics like financial wellness, how to start investing, things like that. so make sure you stay tuned because I have a lot of cool th- things planned in the works so uh, without further ado let's let's get into it so uh, this first article i want I want to talk about and sort of just scan through here um is about Elon Musk actually uh saying he's backing out of his Twitter deal. now this is something that's been sort of back and forth for gosh at least uh two months more than that now a couple months now um he was originally going to pay a pretty big um premium for it. i believe the exact number was somewhere around 50 plus billion originally and then um the offer he's backing out of right now was about 44 billion um so this article here from the wall street journal says twitter faces renewed questions on path ahead as elon musk tries to abandon deal um before we get into this, and let's let's not forget that Twitter's faced a lot of turbulence recently. Um Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, the, the former CEO, he has left um to go uh on his other ventures with Square, which he has renamed to Block. Um I really believe that for him, um he wanted to leave this behind because he has bigger passions in the in the crypto space and with Bitcoin. And I believe his plans will will remain there, Um, but let's get into this, um, because I personally use Twitter a lot. Um, I think it's a great platform, but there are definitely a lot of things wrong with Twitter. So, Elon Musk is deciding to walk away from his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter um, after criticizing the company, um, and it's really just leaving a, a stain on the brand, I believe. Um, I, I know Elon Musk was talking about uh, his passions around freedom of speech, whether that was really why he wanted to um, get this deal done, we don't know. Um, I definitely have my questions surrounding that, but but he's backing out, and what they don't really mention in the article here, and what I kind of want to get into along the lines of that freedom of speech is, is um, he was really concerned about... The bot situation um, on Twitter, I believe originally in the original report he got when he was going to make the offer, Twitter said that they had around maybe 9% bots. I don't think that number was above 10% what they originally gave him. Um, And he conducted his own research about the platform and he said that he concluded that up to 25% of, of Twitter was bots. And he had a lot of big problems with that because he believed that that really affected the valuation of Twitter, and, and he didn't want to be taking over company that he was getting falsified reports for. Um, and, and I get that I get that. But to completely back out when when he was saying that his whole reason for for trying to acquire it was his passion for freedom of speech and protecting that just doesn't line up. And, and that's kind of feeding into the questions that, that a lot of people had before anyways. Um, so the stock price has really suf- suffered um, recently. Already down 18% since Elon Musk uh, offered. They fell about 5% after his decision that he's going to try and walk away from the deal. Twitter has already said that they're going to put up a legal fight. Um, so that will be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I I really do think, though, if if he can prove that Twitter either didn't know how many bots were actually on the platform or um that they falsified information about how many bots are on the platform i think that that it's going to be hard for them to really take any legal action if that if he can prove that so that'll be interesting but um i want to get into kind of what the new ceo has been saying um and he says he he, he feels like uh, a a lame duck ceo um, in the midst of all these talks and after being appointed after Jack Dorsey left the the company, two top executives are leaving the company. I mean, to me, the, yeah, this looks really bad. Like if you're invested in this company, it, it doesn't look good stock price wise. Um, it, it just doesn't look good from that perspective. But as a user of Twitter and, and someone that I really think that I can and for a lot of people really understand the value of Twitter and what it brings to the world, really, Um, I see this as kind of like a power vacuum. So obviously, Elon Musk saw the same thing. um, And he was trying to take control of this platform. Um, Him leaving, or or saying that he's not going to follow through with this deal. You got to think about is this is does he really want to leave this deal entirely? Or is that kind of the face that he's putting on? So that to bring the price down and come in and kind of fill this power vacuum within Twitter. I don't know. So um, I just think that that's interesting. They're losing some executives. They've already lost their original, the founder, the CEO. Um, They're losing two more top executives. So I just think that that's interesting. Obviously, they, they've got some job cuts, too, that they're doing. So this is going to be something that I'm going to follow. I, I'm not invested in Twitter, but but it's it's something I like to follow. I like using Twitter, and I, and I think this is just a really interesting story. So uh, let's head into one more article. Um, this one is about what smart investors do in bear markets. And uh, um, I'm on the Wall Street Journal today, by the way. I'll, I'll credit to them for these articles. Um, but let's get into this. I found this one interesting for a variety of reasons. Um, as you see the, uh, the bear going into the crystal ball here. Um, Jason Zweig, I hope I'm not, um, butchering that. I'm sure I am though. Thank you for this article. We're going to, we're going to dive into it. Um, so the the first line of this article, I mean, I, I love this article. I just found it really interesting, um. Part of what makes bear markets so unbearable is that nobody, and I mean nobody, knows when or how they will end. And I, I do agree with this first part. No one does know when they will end. We can have an idea. We can make educated guesses. We can look back throughout history, similar situations, and see how they played out. Um, but it's true. No one knows when they will end. Now, how they will end, I think that, that that's really determine it on your point of view if if you want to zoom out 10 15 20 years that we can confidently say that th- this will end eventually with us going back into a bull market at some point and with with markets going back up but but the question is when so this how uh, is probably more related to just the, the specifics of you know what's really going to bring us out of this bear market um, so let's get into it um I I will say I think a lot of these articles you gotta be careful because because when you're looking at news and it's it's a it's for clicks. It's it's not always to give you the best educational advice and you know that's why we're here to break down the articles and really really see what we can take from it. So um they they identify three beliefs about when bear markets will end. I just wanna touch on on each of them and, you know, give my thoughts. So the first is that retail investors have to capitulate. Um, and really what that means is is panic selling. So retail investors, you and I, basically anyone that invests in the in the market, like an individual person that is just investing on a personal brokerage is a retail investor for those that don't know. And and to capitulate means that they're panic selling. They see the markets go down and they just keep selling because they don't wanna lose their money. They're afraid the market's gonna go way down and never come back up. So they sell their, their assets. Um, And they say the only trouble is is this this capitulation is not what happened in 1932, 1974, 1982, or 2002. Um, Bear markets sometimes end in a selling frenzy, but they often end in in, an indifference to poor. So um, this chart really um, sort of is a visualization of what they're talking about. So what this is, is the volatility index or the VIX, and basically what it's measuring is fear in the markets, volatility. Um, you can see the the prior um, high points and peaks and, and when it was really spiking were during recessions. You see this is the dot-com bubble right here that we're looking at um, in the early 2000s. And then during the global financial crisis is its most recent uh, all-time high. Uh, and then you see it go down to more uh, lower stable levels, usually between Uh, 10 and 15, uh, during a a stable bull market. And you see, that's what's what was really happening as we came out of the financial crisis uh, into the recent uh, years before the crisis, the the COVID crisis. Um, You see that the fear was low, volatility was low. And then it spiked again and went down really fast during the COVID, that tiny little sliver, if you can see it, that recession. And now it looks like it's starting to kind of chop and build up. And you know, this kind of reminds me of of This little section right here reminds me of this right here before the global financial crisis, and there's a lot of parallels between these two situations that I won't get into in, in too much detail today, but I just find that interesting. It looks like it kind of looks like uh, it's accumulating right there. So, so fear has not spiked yet, is basically what this is saying. And we've already um I don't believe we're we're still twenty percent below the the most the recent all time high in the stock market but but we did enter a bear market at one point uh we rallied this past week but but that fear still hasn't spiked, so they're saying that maybe we haven't seen the worst of it yet if this is if we're going to enter a recession um, and that brings them to their their second point fear has to spike so they're saying that fear has to spike for us to know that we've seen the worst of it and it hasn't happened yet. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on is, you know, maybe we get a little bit of a, a rally here in the in the coming days or weeks. And we'll take a, another look at that in the charts as well. So um, and the third point, which is which is pretty straightforward, stocks have to get a lot cheaper. So um Over the recent years, some of the ratios on the market have just gotten out of control. Um, Stocks in the U.S. especially have just been really expensive. Um, And to really know that you get through a bear market is you you have to see these valuations come down. You know, we're in a correction phase where or maybe we're going into a bear, an extended bear market and the stocks need to become cheaper. And that's okay. That's normal. And I don't think people should panic. We shouldn't have this retail capitulation um, because if they just understood how market mechanics worked and that these stocks just need to become cheaper, and that's that's another good buying point. So um, yeah, we, we even though that stocks are about um, 20% cheaper right now, um, if you look at the, the S&P 500, I do believe it's a little bit. Um, lower than a 20% decline right now, but but. we haven't seen stocks really get cheap yet. They're still expensive when you look at a lot of metrics in the United States. So and, and they get into that right here. Although stocks don't seem like a statistical bargain at the time, they went on to gain. Okay, so they're saying, okay, sorry. So they were saying right here that even though it didn't look like a bargain at the time in, the, in previous bear markets, that they go on to gain uh, afterwards um and they go on in this article about selling losers during a bear market I think you really have to be careful how you approach that yeah if you made a bad investment and now is the time where you're seeing that then yeah it's it's okay to 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 sell that and get out of that and take a loss cuz the um you'll have a tax benefit on a loss, you can write it off and then get into that down here. I won't go through the rest of this article. But I want to talk about this briefly. Um, But my personal um, belief is, is that if you invest the way you should, and that is that you have an investment thesis, you understand what you're investing in, um, you have a conviction, you have intrinsic reasons why this is a good investment, even if it's suffering right now and you you're looking at big losses i don't believe that you should sell your investments because really the people that come out of bear markets the best equipped are are those that that really stuck to their plan they didn't deviate deviation is where a lot of mistakes come in um and so i really just believe that that if you stick to your plan and you keep buying while these stock prices or these asset prices get depressed, you'll come out on the other side, much more wealthy and much more equipped and much more prepared for the markets that come after. Um, And I think that's really important. That's what I really wanted to talk about is not deviating from your plan. If If you still believe if that business, that asset has not fundamentally changed and only the price has changed, then it's a good buying opportunity. And I don't believe that you should sell. So I just wanted to touch on that really quick. Let's get into some charts. And and first, I want to look at the S&P 500. So just using Yahoo Finance here. Um, I want to point out that if we look right here, the, the S&P 500 has been rallying since, since about um, at the beginning of July. We've seen We've seen some gains on the stock market. And I really want to point out a couple of things. This chart might be confusing to you if you don't know what technical analysis is. So um, I, just want to, I just want to start there. So this is, this is a um, candle chart for the S&P 500. Each one of these candles represents one day. Um, if it's red, that means it closed um, lower than it opened. If it's green, then it opened higher than it closed. And the wicks just mean the price touched that during the day, but it's not where it closed. For a green candle, it opened at the bottom of the candle, closed at the top of the candle, and any wicks are just where the price went to during the day but then but then receded from there and 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 vice versa with the red candles the market opened at the top of the candle and closed at the bottom of the candle and the wicks are just the prices that it touched during the day so let's get into it this purple line right here is the 50 day moving average so it takes the prices of the previous 50 days and averages them out and the line will be there at that point in time so i i really have this on the chart here i don't have it on the ones you'll see after this but i have it on this one because it really um respected this lineup there were better channel and trend lines but this moving average was really respected through the bull market um over the past year and a half or so it really respected this line um, and you see it broke and it touched this this zone right here which became important again which is why I have it laid out there and then it bounced back up over the the line and this was kind of our last little little push upwards before this downward uh, decline started so um, and you can see that it, it broke above this, this moving average, but then now since has respected it um, as we move downwards. Um, so I just want to have that on the chart for our analysis. Um, and then I have these two zones laid out because I think this is problems that if we do see further rallying in the market, I see these as zones that will cause problems. Um, you know, long term, the Fed is, um, the Federal Reserve is, has said that they're staying committed. We heard that this week they're committed to fighting inflation and they'll raise rates um, to do so. And so, and that'll hurt asset prices. So I believe in, in the medium term, we're not going to see um, a continuation of this bull market that we saw in 2020 and 2021. Um, I do believe we'll see lower prices, but it doesn't matter what you believe. I just threw this on the screen so we can actually analyze why I'm, I'm having those beliefs. So. I do believe the first zone that will have issues is right here. As you can see, when it broke through the moving average, which it had respected for a long time, it touched this zone to build a base and bounced off. So as we know, previous support breaking through is now going to be resistance on the way back up. You saw that there was some more support in this zone and the beginning of this decline that it bounced off of. And then it came back and built another base, but then it dropped below and it came back up right here and it it fell below so this is a very important zone and I believe if we do continue to rally obviously the first point of resistance would be this moving average but if we break through uh, we will have some real selling pressure right here I mean between 383 and 392 on the VU that's the Vanguard 500 index fund that's not the actual S&P index um, but it does track the same so it's the same percentage wise um, and if we do get through here and break through, I mean, this this would be another zone of resistance. And then from there, the all time high, but but I would be surprised if we got back above this zone here, especially I'd be even surprised if we got back above this sun uh, in, the, in the short term. So that's that's how we're looking right now on the S&P 500. Um, I do want to hop into Apple, though, because this is the biggest company in the stock market. This is the biggest company in the S&P 500. So if you want to do analysis on the stock market, I do think you have to really understand what's going on with Apple because it can kind of guide the rest of the market sometimes. And, and you know, I'm going to draw another zone here. I'm going to draw another zone here. Okay. Okay. So, so Apple is an interesting one because, um, even though the market has been suffering you you typically see apple outperform the market right so let's t- let's take a look at it so apple was um i put this trend line here um to show that it it's showing strength right now right it broke through found a base right here on this resistance uh which was or on the support that was resistance over here um it broke through and let me just let me just drag that out this way so you can get a better look at it. Okay, I apologize if you can hear my machine working really hard in the background. It's doing a lot at once. <laughs> okay, so so this was resistance for Apple. It, it, it broke through and ever since then, uh, it's been support with the exception of it briefly breaking through here but going back up. So, so Apple has been really selling off since uh, the beginning of 2022. It came down to this support, kind of gave one last two raw maybe we'll make it back up. No, so it started selling off kind of sharply here. Um, it, it broke through this resistance pretty easily that had been used for support and, and resistance in the past. And it kind of had some trouble in this range between these two zones. And that's where it is right now. It broke through this line, so it's showing some strength. I wouldn't be surprised if we get back up to here uh, and then kind of stay in a range. I wouldn't be surprised if we're in a range for a little bit with Apple. Um, and you could see other stocks, oops, didn't mean to do that. You could see um, other stocks on the market really correct. And so you could see the market go down while Apple stays in a range because there are uh, other companies that are still a little expensive. Um, so that's where we're at right now, in a range with Apple, but it's got short, some short-term strength to it. Um, and just one last one, uh, hop into the Bitcoin. I got the weekly chart, so each each, each candle represents a week. Um, And man, it's not looking good on Bitcoin. Uh, We had the high um, around 60... I do believe the high was around 68,000. It's been selling off sharply since November. Um, You can make the argument that... I mean, there's a line of, of support right here, but... And it's bounced off of that, but... I mean, it it could get up to here. Maybe it could convene at this trend line in this zone right here. I wouldn't be surprised if it got to about you know twenty seven thousand and then sold off some more. But I mean, to me, Bitcoin doesn't look good, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got even lower to even you know ten thousand. And I I know no one wants to hear that, but you just have to be careful. And Bitcoin really is the S and P five hundred of crypto. Like it really guides the market. It's the biggest cryptocurrency in the space. So. Um, if you're holding altcoins or or anything like that, you really really need to be careful, um, because they they could get hurt more than Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's not looking good. It, I mean it, I mean if it goes down to this ten thousand level, that's another fifty percent off the current price, which is already very depressed. So um, long term long term bullish on Bitcoin, but you know you have to be aware of these things. So you know and that, and that that's where we can stop for now. So I I just want to thank you for for joining me on this first weekly wrap um, I'm really excited to start doing these again I'm going to start pushing out special series um, and you can find those on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts um, and you know what's really important is to not get caught up in all the hype around investing whether it's to the downside or the upside stay true to your plan stay true do not deviate and uh, just execute and you know what I'll, I'll see everybody uh next week have a good week and I'll see you in the next one so bye bye